Leo Legendov gets checked by Ramsey. McClanahan is there. The puck is still loose. 11 seconds. You've got 10 seconds. The countdown going on right now. Morrow up to Schultz. Five seconds left in the game. Do you believe in miracles? Yes! Good morning, everybody, and welcome to episode 23 of Empty Betters. I'm your host, Nick Manella, and I'm going to throw it over here to my co-host, who's not too happy with the jersey I'm wearing right now, but that's okay. Harrison, how's it going, bud? It's a tough weekend, but, you know, we'll, we'll bounce back. Got, got some shit talks, uh, per usual. I'm used to it. I got thick skin. I've been down this road before multiple times. I know how this journey ends. Uh, with the exception of 2018, I am fairly confident uh, with the track record. So I will bounce back. I will not go away. I am always the underdog and I'm always fending for myself around here. So whatever. I don't think you can be a Penguins <laughs> fan and ever call yourself an underdog, at least not in the last 10 years. But anyways, I'll play that role. Y- you know what? I'll play it. I'll wear Who it. Who cares? Uh, I was happy today. I woke up and you know the sun was shining and the birds were chirping and life just seemed good. And I can't tell if that's because the Caps beat the Penguins or the fact that they just won a fucking game, which was nice. Yeah. Um, that was good for you guys. You were on a little bit of a skid. Now we're on our own type of skid. Uh, lots of reactions to the game. We'll get into that in a later segment yes, of the episode. Yes, definitely. Uh, so stay tuned for that, probably around when we do our State of the Unions. Uh, before we jump into the thick of it today, sit back, relax. This is probably going to be a long one. Uh, this to, could be three episodes if we needed it to be. Yeah, we're going to try to whiz through it a little you know, faster and not as detailed as we might usually do things, just because today is the trade deadline. Uh, we're recording this at about 6 p.m. on Wednesday, so or Jesus Monday, Monday. Christ. Yeah. Um, so you know, uh, I don't even know what I was saying, dude. I've like had. Can eight. we cut that part? No, I had <laughs> I had like eight screens in front of me all yeah. day. I had like ESPN Plus was streaming TSN's yeah. Trade Center. I had that open through every single class today. Yeah. Uh, you know phone out like refreshing Mike Commodore's Twitter Dude, over and over A plus and over. content and oh. you were on it. You're yeah. like you're like fucking Godfather My Bob. Thumbs are sore. It probably got carpal tunnel yeah, from that story we posted. It, just that, nothing else. <laughs> um so what I was gonna say now that I have reestablished my brain and can speak coherent English is this is gonna be a long one. So you know sit back, relax. We're not gonna go as in detail as we might usually do because this episode would be about three hours long. So Uh, We are going to be doing the trade recaps at the end of the episode. So usually what we do is we make our picks uh, and our recaps of last week's picks, first liner, fourth liner. We always do that at the end. We're going to throw that in the middle this time. Uh, We're going to do the entire episode per per normal, and then we're going to do all the trade recaps at the end. So stay tuned for that. Definitely. So before we even get kicked off with, uh, you know, news going on in the NHL right now, uh, we would be... It would be blasphemy, not to mention the 40th anniversary of the 1980 Olympic team. Uh, the anniversary was this past Saturday on February 22nd when the USA upset the USSR in the Olympic Games in Lake Placid. What are your thoughts? I mean, greatest moment in sports history, in my opinion. Yeah, probably. Yeah, greatest moment in... Greatest underdog upset. For sure, greatest upset of all time. Time out. 
That or UMBC over Virginia? I say this. You think that? Because at least, well, UMBC and Virginia are both college basketball teams. Yes, there's a discrepancy. Never happened before. Yeah, but this was pro athletes and, you know, Russian pro athletes. So that means there were on, I mean, they were on what, you know, every (laughs) PED. Yeah, I can't, you can't name the amount of chemicals that were on the nutrition label. Seriously. (laughs) And then, you know, you had American college kids. So it's. Yeah. No, I understand. It's the greatest underdog story ever. Yeah, and, you know, it obviously sparked a generation of hockey players uh, for years to come. I mean, we're up to 27% of the league is uh, U.S.-born mm-hmm. players. Some of the, you know, market big-name players in the NHL now are American. You know, you think of Patrick Kane, Austin, Austin Matthews, Matthews, Jack, Jack Eichel, Eichel, all those guys. So uh, it's just really cool to see how far it's come. And, you know, I wasn't alive for that, obviously, but from what I've heard, it obviously inspired – uh, multiple generations of people to you know, pick up the game and become fans. So. For sure. I mean, you just look back and it like outside of the game itself, it was such a big sporting event because of everything that was going on in the world with the Cold War and the Soviets had just invaded Afghanistan. And I mean, yeah. it was so politically charged in addition to being, you know, a spirited contest between two sides that really don't like each other at all. Yeah. And hot take, if that game were played today, it wouldn't have been as big of a deal. And here's why. That game actually was played like three hours before. Yeah, it was they on tape it. delay. Everybody and their mother would have known the result based on Twitter now. Yes. So it would have ruined it. Yeah. Right. So for the fact that the game of you know took place at that time period with all the background you know that Nick just listed and the lack of social media, so it could actually be you know a surprise. Yeah. And just all those things culminated together, I think, just made it so great and. Uh, you know, Canadians might laugh at us because they think, hey, you got a Disney movie for one gold medal and we've got 23, but uh, to which I respond, go fuck yourself, eh? Yeah, so, seriously. Uh, yeah, figured we might as well mention that before we kick off the episode. I have no further thoughts. Anything you want to add? I have one. I mean, if you're a fan of Miracle in the movie, you should probably go buy a certain t-shirt. Wow. Yeah. What's that t-shirt? Oh, I think that would be the Moneyline Miracle t-shirt. Nick, what is the Moneyline Miracle t-shirt? Well, I'm glad you asked. It can be found on our merchandise shop. Uh, just follow the link in our Instagram bio and you can, you know. Pick it up. Just set yourself apart from everyone else. So we have a Moneyline Miracle uh, white shirt, comes in hoodie, long sleeve, short sleeve, and tank top picture of the iconic American celebration after the game with the flag waving in the background on a plain white background with the caption ML plus 1000 for yep. those of you gamblers out there Moneyline plus 1000 that means they're huge underdogs uh, go take a look go buy it up we've had a couple people already buy so far so thank you for the support and hop on the bandwagon definitely uh, moving on from the Miracle on Ice Interesting thing I saw the other day that the NHL has never had a season where all three California-based teams have finished in the bottom three spots of the Western Conference. Hmm. And as of right now, that's what's going to happen. Yeah, uh, you would think that this would probably have happened at least once before, especially in the pre-salary cap era where yes. teams could kind of buy their way into victories and stuff. Um, because, you know, not none of the three California teams are – I would say, I mean, obviously L.A. is a big market just because it's L.A., but as far as traditional hockey big market sense, I wouldn't necessarily say the Kings are, you know, up there. No. You don't think of them. So Those two basketball teams come miles ahead. Miles, yeah. yeah. So a uh, little surprise this is the first time this has happened. Uh, I mean, obviously the Ducks have pretty much been historically good for the most they of their – They were great when they came in as an expansion yeah. team. This is the first time in – 
my life where I have memory where the Ducks have really just been bad, right? Because as far as when I can start remembering like things. Early 2000s, you they think were the, really good. You think the J.S. Shiger, that's yeah. my first memory. You think like the Mighty Ducks. Yeah. yeah, and then they transition into the Corey Perry, Getzlav, Niedermeyer, Pronger era. Bobby Ryan. Bobby Ryan. Yeah. Uh, so all, all that kind of just coming together, and then they get Ryan Kessler, and they run into the Hawks a couple years. So yep. it, it, you just kind of see the transition as to how they're always good. But obviously – Things kind of fell off the wheels this year, yeah. and it did for the rest of the California teams That's as what well. What happens when you hire Randy Carlisle twice? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Right. Uh, the Detroit Red Wings have been mathematically eliminated from the playoffs before the trade deadline. Yes, so they managed to get eliminated with 62 games played uh, in a season that I believe is now the record for mm-hmm. the quickest time, the least amount of games played that it took for a team to be mathematically eliminated. So congratulations, Detroit. Uh, you just officially won the Alexis Lafreniere lottery. Yeah, I saw the math luck. today. They're only like an 18% to still win the lottery, which is wild. I don't hate that, though. Me neither, because don't it hate gets that. rid of intentional tanking. Now, if you're a fan of a really bad team, you probably hate it, right? Yeah. Because you're thinking fuck dude like we're so much worse than everybody else like we're that bad like you got to give us a bone and then you don't get something right so we'll see yeah I mean unless you're a team that wears black and gold and intentionally tanked to get a certain guy named Mario Lemieux Hmm. would you yeah I would yeah exactly so fuck off (laughs) (laughs) no but I agree it's good I it's interesting I mean you know watch like Buffalo end up with the first overall pick I hope they do man I really would because I love Eichel to death but they should have gotten McDavid they got hosed they got hosed they got hosed in 2015 (laughs) so they're they're due uh I love Buffalo sports fans in general I love the Sabres I love Jack Eichel he's probably my favorite non- Penguins player. I know okay. maybe I've said Matthews in the past. I always teeter-totter between the two, but I still have an Eichel jersey from his rookie year, so I've been a big Eichel guy since day one. Nice. Uh, moving on, a great story from the other Probably night. the biggest news yes. since last time. I mean, I this spoke. guy's been everywhere. 42-year-old Zamboni driver David Ayers had the <laughs> ride of his life when he was called into action to play goalie for the Carolina Hurricanes during their game in Toronto. So for those of you who might not be familiar with the NHL's emergency goalie policy, hockey teams only dress two goalies. You have your starter, and then you have your backup on the bench. Uh, and if both of those guys get hurt, it's not like you call in a bench player to you know strap on the pads and go play. What NHL arenas do is they have essentially a goalie on retainer who you know may have played at college or in some cases might be a men's league goalie who shows up to every game and if needed like could suit up for either club. So Ayers is the Leafs emergency goalie and when both Carolinas, I think it's Reimer and Morazic, they both got hurt. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, they said, go ahead. Uh, so he came into the game and he actually hung on and they won. Yeah, this is... Uh... I don't know if this is a bigger deal that a 42-year-old guy walked on and won an NHL game or the fact that the Leafs actually lost to this guy. I think that's the funny <laughs> part. I like I've heard so many great things just, you know, from the Canes themselves and then he was actually on um Jay and Dan. Yeah. And he said that, you know, he he did let in two goals, which right. I mean that's, who blames him? I mean it's and think about the offense that the Leafs have. Yeah. Um so he lets in two, and apparently, like one of the Canes players just comes up to him after the second one and taps him on the pads and goes, "Dude, I don't care if you let in ten. This is your moment 
just relax and enjoy it. And then they fucking won. Well, yeah, which is like so cool because yeah, like the Canes are fighting for a playoff spot and these guys That's are That's a huge game right there. Yeah, and they're pro athletes and they're saying, "You know what? Look, like this is your moment. You take it, you enjoy it. Just have fun with it." Yeah. Which is really cool. No, it is cool. Uh this I, <laughs> I think I I'm sorry to keep taking away the spotlight from the Canes and uh Ayers as it's pronounced, I think. Yes. But I mean, Leafs Twitter was just absolute it's great. gold. I mean, <laughs> did you see the one fan rant? It was like, yeah. this is rock pie. Yeah. Like, just absolutely, like, went back from the Doug Gilmore days to the Matt Sundin days to the Kessel days to the Matthew days. He's like, this is the worst. Yeah. And he was like, I mean, Leaf, it was just Leaf amazing. fans are absurd. Brian Burke had a great quote where he talked about how apparently there's like some bridge with like an underpass and an overpass near whatever they call their arena now. They keep changing it to one of Canada's. I call it Air Canada, so It's fuck like it. one of Canada's three most prominent companies that owns the other six, you know, yeah. Canadian arenas in the NHL. But he was saying that, like, when Leafs, when the Leafs win three games, it's almost like fans go to that, like, bridge and start to measure it to make sure the parade floats are going to, like, fit down it. But <laughs> and when they when lose, lose three games, games you have to put, bodies sec- in the you have river to put security up there because people are trying to jump off the bridge. <laughs> Yeah, that seems about right. It's like, why are there so many bodies right. in here right now? Uh, they are ridiculous, but it's fun to watch. That was definitely the coolest story uh, from the past week. And honestly, that was a huge game. I mean, the Leafs are fighting for a playoff spot. So are the Canes. That was a big wild card matchup. So I'm wondering at what point that we're going to get to where like Metro teams are going to have both wild card spots in the East, but they're also going to end up having more points than that third spot in the Atlantic. Uh, I would, yeah, I would say that's yeah. going to happen probably this. I mean, that, yeah, that it could happen this me. week. Yeah, um, yeah. It wouldn't surprise me at yeah. all. So, uh, his wife on Twitter, by the way, if you haven't seen it, I can't remember her first name, but if you type, if you type in airs, I'm sure his wife's Twitter will come up. Absolutely hilarious. Just like, yeah, shaking. She's like, cause I, you know, he obviously is uh, the Zamboni guy for the Marlies. Yes. Who and also played had, at. Yeah. And yeah. he had um, Koskinen, or uh, that might not be his name. Some goal, The rookie goalie for the Leafs, whose last name and first name both start with a K. He got blown out by the Penguins this year. I can't remember. He was using that goalie's pads. And the goalie on and the Leafs tweeted, hey, my pads look good on you, blah, blah, blah. So this guy has ties to the Toronto organization. Yeah. And then he's got to suit up for the Canes and shut out the, the Maple Leafs. I right. mean, that's pretty di- – like, you got to think, is there a conflict of interest here? Like, is he going to throw the game for the Leafs? I feel like he might not have had that conflict solely from the fact that he was probably about to throw up. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. no, nerves take over. Yeah. It's it, Your competitive juices, it's yeah. natural. Last thing I want to say on this, if you haven't YouTubed it already, um, they – Who's the guy on NHL Network that used to be the GM for the Stars? Uh, curly, black, gray hair, like pepper salt looking guy. It's not Darren Drager. It's uh, it's not Dave Tippett. He's coaching. Why can't I think of this guy's name? Uh, he like kind of talks like. like he's on NHL Network. Yeah, I'll figure it yeah, out. Okay. I'm, I blew this, but you're fine. Um, absolute rant on William Nylander because after the game there was footage of Nylander going by uh, Ayers as he was congratulating his teammates and he gave him a knuckle bump. Oh, and the, and Leafs, tummy sticks. Oh, yeah, following huge, a loss oh, too. Dude, yeah. huge, like the amount of death threats that were on the <laughs> comment section, you would have thought this guy like bombed someone. Yeah. Like, oh my God. So William Nylander, you are definitely the number one most wanted man in Toronto right now. Yeah. So I would probably lock your doors when you go home. Definitely. Uh, 
moving on right back to the Leafs, they've extended defenseman Jake Muzzin to a four-year deal with an AAV of $5.625 million. I like that deal. Uh, they I need think that deal. I think it's fair. I think he brings some good leadership, uh, some grit, and definitely a good defensive awareness to their back end. It's also somewhat affordable for them, and that's going to be a big issue for them over the next three years. Yeah, and I think a lot of people are forgetting that when the new contract deal comes up with the television networks that yep. some of these deals are not going to look as hefty as they currently look. Yes. And I think GMs are way ahead of us. Yeah, well, it's their that. job. Uh, and that's you know similar to what I would say applies to another big name who just got re-signed. New York Rangers have re-signed forward Chris Kreider. To a seven-year deal that carries an AAV of $6.5 million. He was probably the biggest name on the trade bait list For leading sure. up to the deadline. This is a pretty fair signing, I would say, especially with the way that he's played lately. He's above a point per game in his last 17 games, and the Rangers have been very quickly climbing their way up into playoff conversation. Yeah, they've been hot lately. What are your thoughts on this signing? I think this is a great signing for them. I was being harassed by a certain Rangers fan earlier today via text message, um, you know, sharing his thoughts on, you know, Kreider not being traded yeah. uh, and how I, I think I said that Kreider was gone. You would think that this yeah. is like them re-signing like Ovechkin or something right. with the way the reaction uh, But, are. you know, some good points were made. I think, you know, one, this protects Kreider from the expansion draft. For Seattle, yeah. Which is huge. Also, 6.5 over seven years for Kreider isn't bad. It's a front-heavy deal, too. Yeah. But here's what I will say. I would rather pay Chris Kreider at $6.5 million than Jeff Skinner at $9.5 million. Very. I, like, I completely 100%. agree. I also would rather just pay Chris Kreider than go look for someone to replace Chris Kreider. For, who's younger, less experienced, less yeah, proven. Yeah, like, I mean, that. if they were going to shop him and they could get, like, something big in return. Yeah. You know, maybe it's worth it. No, I agree. And for, you know, the Rangers are the youngest team in the league. Kreider's 28 years old. He's been around the block. He's, I, other than Lundquist, I would imagine he's probably the, and Mark Stahl, he's probably the young, uh, longest tenured Ranger on the team. I think so. Somewhere yeah. around there. Um, so, you know, it's just, it's, he's a good locker room guy to have. And I will say, it is not easy to find guys that are his size who can skate the way that he's no he's a pain in the ass to play against yeah. I mean, he's a nightmare to try and defend and i mean in his own end he's great so. yeah exactly so i think that's a huge win for the rangers definitely uh but some bad news coming out of the big apple uh pavel buchnevich and current rookie phenom goalie igor shesterkin nice were involved in thank you yeah. were involved in a car accident over the weekend uh, Buchnevich is going to be listed day to day, but Igor Shersterkin, uh, wow, two is, for two. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we're rolling. Uh, he has a uh, cracked rib, and he's expected to miss probably at least a month based on the reports yes. that I've seen so far. So uh, that kind of sucks for the Rangers. That's not great news for the Rangers, especially because they scratched Hank for the first time in his career the other night. Yeah, and Igor's been on a historic pace for a rookie goalie uh we'll get into that as the episode goes on but uh you know it's pretty much going to be Gorgiev and Lundqvist sounds like from here till the and Gorgiev's banged up too I think uh I think he's a little dinged up but I mean both those guys can play so yeah Uh, it's I don't 
I don't see it being too hard of a problem to replace. No, it's Igor, not devastating. But he's been means. hot. Yes, he's that's been the really thing. hot. So yeah. it sucks to lose a guy who's yeah. playing the way he's been playing. Fortunately, they're both okay. No one was, you know, critically injured. So that's the important thing. Yep. Um, per the hockey guy on YouTube, if you haven't checked out that channel, it's one of the best ones out there, in my opinion. Ottawa is supposed to be redoing their logo and uniform for the next season. Thank God. It's about time. They need to bring back the black one. The one that I have. Yeah. yeah. It's incredible. Yeah. Um, so this got me thinking, you know, who else out there do you think needs to revamp their look? Or who would you like to see revamp their look? I'd love to see the Canucks go just completely old school. The, the black, black ones. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I know it's their alternates, but... And I like the blue and green alternate with just the stick. I'm just not a fan of the whale logo. I don't really think really? it's all that cool. I think the the skate with the old retro black, red, yellow yeah. thing is just super cool. Obviously, you got to throw the ducks in there. Yeah. It's hard not to. No. Um, they The ducks know what needs to be done, and until it's done, I will not be happy. The Panthers. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm not big on theirs. I'd honestly like to see L.A. go back to the Gretzky era ones. Yeah, or I mean, I know you don't like these, but I'd love the purple and gold ones. Yeah. I think they're sick. I like the yellow one more than the purple one, I think. Uh, we can agree to disagree, sure. but that's okay. But yeah, um, maybe Minnesota? I don't even remember what their old ones look uh Not like go back, but just do something different. Yeah, they're kind of plain. Yeah. I'm not really a huge fan of those either. Yeah. The Flyers, I think they should go back to the blacks instead of the orange. I think they should bring it back as like cuz they have that all black alternate now. Yeah. But it's like the font on the back is just the orange outline. Yeah, so I agree. I'm like, eh. Coyotes too, by the way. I'm yeah. not I'm not a big maroon guy. I definitely like the desert green. It's got to be in everyday yeah. uniforms. I like so. it. Uh, that's all I have for news. Let's move on to injuries. So not too many injuries, fortunately. Uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs will be without Andreas Janssen for the rest of the year due to knee surgery. That is a huge loss. Yeah. Uh, so huge loss. a tremendously talented young player. And for those of you who don't know his name, he is a bona fide second liner who goes, you know, between second and third line, depending on who's up, who's down. Uh, but he's money for them. I mean, he's just a consistent guy who's always putting up points. Really smart two-way player. Uh, typical Swede. I mean, nothing new there. So Sick shot, too. Yeah. I mean, he was putting up some pretty good numbers at the start of the year when the Leafs were hitting overs like crazy. So, this, sucks to see him yeah, go out. Not doing them any favors, especially come this playoff push. Yep. Uh, all of your Bjorkstrand of the Columbus Blue Jackets is out for eight to ten weeks with an ankle injury. So uh, Yeah, he's their b- top goal scorer. Just another Blue Jackets player with an ankle injury. It's going to be th- tough for them, man. I don't know if they're going to be able to pull it off. I it's, mean, it's the third player in the last like four weeks to have an ankle problem. And they're big names. I mean, yeah. you're talking Bjorkstrand, Atkinson. Jones, Atkinson, right? Yeah. So Elvis really is going to have to carry the load coming down the stretch, and there's a lot of hungry teams coming right for behind them. Sure. So. We'll see how it all plays out. Yes, and this was just released a little while ago, but Vancouver Canucks goalie Jacob Markstrom could be out for up to a month with a lower body injury. So this is really bad for Vancouver. And for people that like to bet Vancouver. uh, (laughs) You may or not may know two people who do that a lot. Um, Yeah, no, I I do thoroughly enjoy betting the Vancouver Is it bad that my first reaction when I saw this was like, oh, damn it, the puck line's going to be shit now. (laughs) (laughs) They get great returns, man. You and me have been on that since day one. Right. 
Uh, yeah, this sucks. I mean, Markstrom was arguably going to be a Vesna candidate this year. He was playing lights out. Playing out of his mind. Vancouver was barely holding on to that number one spot in the Pacific. Vegas caught him. Now they're up a little bit. It's kind of a neck-and-neck match. I mean, obviously, they uh, they did just get Louis Domingue yes. uh, in the, at the trade deadline to yeah. kind of, you know, patch this up a little yeah. bit. So should be interesting to see how it all plays out down the stretch. Their uh, we'll have... backup, Thatcher Demko, has been decent this year, too. Yeah, he's yeah. a young guy, right? He's, yeah, he's got American a lot of potential. Yeah. yeah, he's got a lot of potential, so he'll get a chance to step up as well. Uh, I don't think this is game over for the Canucks because I think they're no, talented enough offensively but I don't Vegas taking back that top spot in the Pacific and the Canucks I think are now third yeah it wouldn't surprise me if they slip to a wild card spot yeah, or so. out well yeah they went all in too I yeah. mean they're they're ready to make a big push I think yeah. it's a little too soon for them but hey what do I know yeah I just run a podcast about <laughs> definitely <laughs> uh and moving on to the State of the Unions. So I'm going to start first uh, since my team is the fucking losers of the last three. <laughs> uh, the Penguins are 0-3 in their last three games played. Uh, dating back to last Thursday, they lost to the Leafs 4-0 in Toronto, which I kind of figured was coming just because we had beaten them the previous uh, game before in Pitt. And we dropped one 5-2 to the Sabres on Saturday. Had a weird feeling it was an early game, a one o'clocker. I just feel like we never end up playing good in those uh, against shitty teams. And then, obviously, uh, to everyone's pleasure, we dropped a win against the Caps on Sunday as we were leading two to one going into the third period and lost the game five to three. Uh, from these three games, I have a couple of takeaways. One is it seems like Evgeny Malkin is really showing up to play. Uh, he's pretty much been a factor in all of those games and has showed up in the score sheet on the score sheet in two of those three. He absolutely walked John Carlson yeah. on Sunday. So that was nasty. That was a sick goal. That was a top five goal in his career, in my opinion. That was just so smooth against the alleged Norris winning defenseman. Some defenseman you are. <laughs> Nick's triggered. Uh, so, you know, other than that, um, this the game against the Leafs, I knew it was going to happen, right? We had beat the Leafs that last Tuesday. Then we played them Thursday. It was at home and home. I didn't think we'd get blanked like that, but mm-hmm. <clears throat> everybody kind of just looked sluggish. Uh, nobody looked like they were ready to play. Saturday was even worse. We looked like shit against Buffalo. Uh, Malkin was the only one who came to play. Jari has been looking really good so far this year, but he kind of returned to form of what he was last year that game. He did not look great. Granted, we didn't give him much help on defense as some of those goals, majority of those goals were odd man rushes, but he just didn't really bail us out. Not that I blame him. It happens. We lay the dud, whatever. And then obviously with the Capitals, we blew the 2-1 lead in the third period. And my former favorite player and now arch nemesis Carl Haglin uh, is going to get his jersey burned <laughs> in my household if he keeps this up. So Malkin's playing well. Uh we need Dumoulin and Marino back ASAP. Dumo is due to return within the next week or two is what I'm hearing. Uh, Marino's a little bit longer term as he's still recovering from that broken cheekbone and the facial surgery. So obviously having those two guys back is going to be a huge bolster to our defensive core. Uh, they, Other than Latang, those two guys eat the most minutes. That's basically our second pair D. Without those guys, you know, we're just kind of placing guys in here and there from the AHL like Trotman and I think two of the goals that the Caps scored the other day, Chat uh, Trotman and Ruedel were on the ice. Mm-hmm. And it was – most of your goals 
except for the Wilson breakaway and the empty netter, obviously. But the other three were all like right in front of the net with yep. loose pucks. Yeah. And two of those goals, you know, that were, had loose pucks, we had our third pair D out there, and you just can't. You, you're not going to win games if you can't rely on your third pair D to you know get it done. So that was obviously a huge takeaway. Uh, Murray didn't really look horrible on Sunday. I don't think. I think no, he played I mean, he pretty well. He was making big stops. But. Yeah, and the good thing that I've noticed from the two games we've played against the Caps is we have been able to shut down Ovechkin. Yes. Uh, Jack Johnson's been playing him really hard. Yes. So I that is a bright spot, but. The caps are so deep and actually just got deeper at the trade deadline that that really scares me. So, you know, uh, some of the moves that we made at the deadline that I'll talk about in a little bit, I like. I think we got deeper. I think we got better. Uh, If we were to play the Capitals in a seven-game series in the second round, which is probably what's going to end up happening, and it's going to be the worst two weeks of my life, uh, it's going to be a coin flip. It really is. It is going to be a coin flip. It's a heads or tails, honestly, at this point. I mean, this is these two teams – I don't give a fuck what anybody says about Boston or Tampa or St. Louis or whoever. These two teams, these two teams, the Penguins and the Capitals are the teams to beat. And you can't change my mind. I no, know Tampa's I been hot. because of, of recency, you can just say that. I also think because of, one, you look at their talent. Yeah. And then, two, you look at the fact that when they're on, they can beat anybody, anyone. And that's the thing is... I know Tampa's hot, and I know they're good, but they're still not proven. But they were hot last year. Exactly. And I know the Bruins are good, and they made it there last year, but they still didn't win, and they did not look great in the last two periods of Game 7 against St. Louis. Plus the short off season. Exactly. So, in my opinion, and I know I'm going to sound like a hypocrite because I was absolutely just deep-throating lightning last week, <laughs> but... These two teams are the teams to beat. These are the best two teams in the NHL. And after the deadline, I could say with pretty good confidence, this one of these two teams is going to go to the Stanley Cup final, and I don't know who it's going to be. Wow. I mean, the East is just a – I mean, especially when we'll cover, like, we'll cover this when we get to trades. It's just an arms race at this point. It is literally 1980 arms race. Yes. So – that's my take on the Penguins over the past week. Upcoming week, we have our West Coast swing coming up, so we are away the next three nights and playing all 10 PMers. We've got LA first, Anaheim second, and San Jose third. I would like to think that we can win all three of those, especially with the fact that we just stated earlier about the California teams all sucking. Uh, obviously, we got Patrick Marlowe at the deadline. I know we haven't said that yet in the podcast, but I think that's going to really help our odds against the Sharks. Uh, sucks for Sharks fans who have to root for us now because we just pummeled you guys in the 2016 Cup Final. Yeah. Thank you very much. <laughs> um, so it's a relatively easy swing coming up standings-wise, but you can never underestimate you know, the three-hour time change, going on the road, being away from home for 10 days, that whole shit shan. So uh, we need to at least win two of them is yep. what I'm thinking. I would agree. Um, so the Caps ended their week on a high note, which I think is a lot of people forgetting about how that week started. Uh, <clears throat> they started on the road in Vegas. I believe that was a Monday night game that they dropped 3-2. to two. They were down 3-0 going into the third period before Osh got two. Not a great showing by the team. You know, they once again were able to battle back a little bit but not get it done. Uh, they lost in overtime to Montreal on Thursday. That was a tough one. Uh, for whatever reason, Montreal continues to play them hard, really well every time they match up. Uh, Ovi got goal six ninety nine. Nice. Um, 
And so everyone was on 700 watch for, you know, the rest of that game. Yeah. Uh, they ended up tying the game with like 20 seconds left. That's another goal with the goalie pulled. They still lead the NHL in that. Uh, and then ended up just getting dummied on a Ben Shera rocket that yeah. I didn't even see it go in. I mean, he cranked it. it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, lost to New Jersey. And that for me was the most disappointing game of the week. They had a plethora of power play chances throughout the game, and they just couldn't convert at all. Nice use of the word plethora. Thank you. You're SAT welcome. word of the day. Um, <laughs> Ovi did score his 700th goal in t- like just typical Thank Ovi God. fashion. I know. Oh and my God! If that was I'm saying the, the same thing. Like I'm just like I'm so glad we cannot talk about 700 anymore. I'm so glad that we cannot point to the game against the Penguins where he scored right. 700 because yeah. I probably wouldn't be here right now. No, I would have been in that river in Toronto. Right. So there you go. <laughs> But, it, I mean, it was just a rocket shot. I thought Mackenzie Blackwood looked phenomenal in that game for mm-hmm. New Jersey. And I keep forgetting he's only 23 years old. Is he really? Yeah. I thought he was like 30. Him, They were talking about him and Sam Somanov have been like, the, and I guess the kid from New York have been like the best rookie goalies. Igor yeah. Shir- Shirshkin. Three for three. There you go. Yeah. Um, Fucking right. Yeah, so they had that game tied for a while. They ended up giving up a power play goal with a little over a minute to go. Uh, you know, just a complete defensive zone breakdown. I think they were on the ice for probably like a minute and a half. Yeah. Um, ended up beating the Penguins 5-3 to three on Sunday. They snapped a season-worst four-game losing streak in doing so. Typical Caps-Penguins game, fast-paced, people crashing to the net for 60 minutes and scrums after every whistle with the linesman probably saving Malkin's life from Brendan Dillon? Uh, I don't know. I think they hurt him more than they helped right. him. I feel like <laughs> yeah. he could have gotten a couple shots. But, you know, that's for a different day. Uh, but, I had got a couple text messages about that. I'm not angry, as you can tell by my voice. Keep going. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, it was, I mean, <laughs> you watch the game. I mean, two goals, like one for the Caps, one for the Penguins, were scored by people going balls out to the goal and yeah. the puck just bouncing off of them and going in. I hate Carl Hagelman. Yeah, I know. No, I like actually hate him. I know his jersey's going to get burned. Yeah. Which is, I mean, I'm loving the way that he's playing, and I'll touch on that a little bit later. But uh, they have a the Caps have a tough week upcoming. They have a home and home with Winnipeg, who's sort of this. You don't know what you're getting. You never know what you're going to get. I mean, they they just added some pieces, as we'll get to. You know, their defense has been like, oh, they look competent. Oh, they look like they're terrible. Oh, they look decent. Like, it's just all over the place. And then they're at Minnesota on Sunday, and that's... Always same, a wild card. Same, like, same sort of thing. You never know what team you're going to get when you play them. Yep. Makes sense. Uh, moving on to who's hot and who's not. Who's hot? The New York Rangers. Uh, you know, obviously, they just re-signed Kreider, and I think a lot of that has to do with the success that the team has been having as of late. They have won their last three and are eight and two in their last ten. Uh, Igor, I'm just not even going to say his last name anymore. Uh, you know who I'm talking about, the rookie goalie. Igor was on a historic run. He is only the third goalie in NHL history to win eight of his first nine NHL games played wow. as a goaltender. That's awesome. So that's some pretty elite company that he's in. Obviously, we just stated that he got hurt in the car accident with the broken or bruised ribs. Uh, so they're going to miss him, but he's been a, probably the biggest factor as to why they've kind of climbed their way back into the playoff conversation. Uh, and then obviously, who else is hot? Nothing new here. Boston, Tampa, both are 8-2 and two in their last 10, and they got better at the deadline. So here we go. 
Uh, and the Vegas Golden Knights have kind of turned things around a little bit. Look out. Uh, they've won their last six and are 7-2-1 and one in their last ten, and they just added Robin Lehner to their goaltending core from the Chicago Blackhawks. Uh, you know, obviously this is going to shore up their backup goaltender situation, and I also think that with how shaky Flurry has been all season that it wouldn't surprise me if we see Lehner get maybe the starting job before the playoffs. Wow. But that's a long shot. Yeah. I think Flowers still the guy. We're actually looking good because who did we say was going to win the Pacific at the beginning of the year? Vegas. Who's in first in the Pacific? Vegas. There we go. What did we say about the Atlantic? I right. mean, Tampa looks like they're yeah. about to win it. Uh, I mean, we both said the Caps for the Metro, I think. I forget. I know I, I think did. I said the Caps for the Metro. I know I did. And yeah. then uh, what did we say for Central? I can't remember. But I don't remember. Oh, I said Coyotes. By, but, you know, that's – Yeah. Or no. I think I, I might say, have They're said, not even in the Central. What I think I might saying? have said Dallas for the Central. I think I said Dallas too, but uh, whatever. Anyways, yeah. uh, the last hot team that we have on our who's hot list is the Philadelphia Flyers, who are just scorching up the Metro standings. They are currently third in the Metropolitan, and they are – Quite honestly, right behind the Penguins They're three points and the behind. Capitals. Yeah. yeah, so they're right there. I mean, everyone's talking about, you know, and Nick and I included, two best teams in the league. They're so hot. They're so good. All the star power. While Kevin Hayes, the great one, Seriously. is looking like a man on a mission. And yeah. the Flyers have all of a sudden turned things around. Uh, I mean, I don't know how good this team actually is or where they can go. but How consistent they can be. Yeah. yeah. They kept Goss to spare. They yep. still have Proveroff. And obviously, you know, their forward core, Giroux, Voracek, all the gym gym. Yeah. So it's going to be a very interesting finish. And I would imagine there's going to be some pretty heated games between them and the Penguins and Capitals. Definitely. Uh, for who's not hot, that would be the San Jose Sharks. They've lost their last four. Uh, we've covered... In depth, I think, how disastrous their season has been. Uh, so that's all I'll say on that. Uh, the Chicago Blackhawks are 2-6-2 two, and two in their last 10. Yeah, they look like shit. Yeah, I think this is kind of, you know. It sucks because I like them and I like the players, except for Jonathan Taves. He's a pussy. Um, <laughs> but I, I like Patty Kane. I want to see him do good. I, yeah. A lot of people hate the Blackhawks because of the success that they had. I don't really mind it. I mean, I think they got cool uniforms. Uh, Patrick Kane's, you know, an American hero. So. Yeah. Uh, I don't mind it. And I'm even going to throw the Penguins on this list uh, with how good that they have been all year and how much talent they have on their roster. They've lost three in a row. they got to turn it around. Things are you know, p- Teams are creeping up. It's not a guarantee for anything. So I expect that they will uh, you know, correct the issues this week. Had the Caps not won on Sunday, I would have put them at the top of that list. Yeah, it's kind of weird how that works. Those yeah. games really – Give you an emotional swing. Yeah, big uh, time. I was in full experience of that yesterday. So, <laughs> uh, Moving on to first liner versus fourth liner. My first liner is going to be Andre Cache, uh, the newly acquired Boston Bruin, former Anaheim Duck. Cache uh, so far this year has 23 points in 49 games, seven goals and 16 assists, so not anything amazing. Uh, but with a change of scenery and a second or third line role with either Krejcic or whoever or Charlie Coyle or you know one of those names, yep. I think that he could easily be a twenty goal scorer on this team. Absolutely, with a full season under his belt. Uh, you know, 
In his last five, he has three points in five games, and he was doing that on a pretty shitty duck squad, so I expect that he will be a great fit for the Bruins going forward. Definitely. My first liner is going to be Carl Haglin of the Washington Capitals. (laughs) He has 12 points in his last 15 games and has been doing nothing but providing steady and consistent scoring. Stop slitting your wrists. He'll be fine. Um like, he had to go to the Capitals. Right. Like, why? Well, it's funny you say that. Because, why? So, like, you hate him now. Like, put, into, him. put into perspective how much I hated him. Where did he go to college? Yeah, Michigan. Michigan. Goes to the Rangers, the Rangers, who tormented us. Yeah. And him specifically. Yeah. And then he goes out west and disappears for a little bit. And then, lo and behold, the Penguins pick him up out of nowhere. And then he torments us again. <laughs> and now you love him, right? Right, exactly. Dude, I literally, like, why did Carl have to go to them? I remember when uh, the Caps got him, I just texted, I think I texted um, our friend Sean, and I was like, well, at least we don't have to play against him anymore. So he went to L.A., right? Cause we got Anaheim. It for, to, yeah, but he went to L.A. after us because we traded, I think that was the Pearson trade. It was Tanner Pearson yeah. for that. It's like, dude, out of all the teams, out of all the teams in the league, Carl Haglin ended up on, on a team who I literally hate more than anything else in life. I hate their fans. I hate their fan base. I hate the text messages I get after games. I hate the text messages I get during games. I hate all of it. You know, for a a fucking fan base that has gotten absolutely embarrassed by my favorite team, you guys sure do talk a lot of shit. And I'm not talking about Mr. Manella over here. He's a smart one. But you know who you are, all right? And I'm tired of it. And you... Actually, better watch out because once playoff time comes and you guys get your ass whipped, all right, I am going scorched earth effect on you. And you know who you are. I'm done. I'm leaving it at that. I'm more of that like wait and see sort of establishment yeah, where I'm going to sit there and you're watch smart. quietly and yeah. wait for it to happen. Because you're smart. Not everybody's uh, smart. But anyways, going back to Haglin, he's been, <laughs> I think, him and Lars Eller have been two of the better caps over this disastrous period that they've been going through. And it's nice that Haglin is contributing at the pace that he was brought here to do. Whatever, dude. <laughs> Who's your fourth liner? Call that. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, my fourth liner is Joe Thornton. Okay. Uh, pretty much solely because he didn't get dealt at the deadline. And I kind of wish he did, especially for his sake. I know it's, this is probably it. I think this is probably it. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I don't really see. If he does come back, he really isn't going to be much of a factor. Do you think he pulls like a Justin Williams kind of thing where he sits out half the year and then tries to pop back in for. No, Justin Williams is a huge pussy. uh, And Joe Thornton is not a huge pussy. I don't like Justin Williams anymore either. So we agree on that. I fucking hate him um, for multiple reasons and mostly because he was a cap. But uh, no, I think Joe Thornton's. He just loves the game too much, in my opinion, to sit out like that. So, so far this year, four goals in 62 games played. Okay. I don't really need to say much more than that. And two of them came against the Rangers two days ago. So, oh, wow. Uh, he really had two goals through 61 games, if you really okay. want to pin it down. So, he's just hasn't been – I mean, I know he's not a goal scorer. He's more of a playmaker. But, but still, yeah. like, Jesus Christ. For so, sure. Uh, rest in peace to him. <laughs> My fourth liner is going to be Sean Monahan of the Calgary Flames. Ooh. So a player who everyone you know is expecting to be a number one center really hasn't hit that role yet. Uh, he only has five points in his last ten, and this has been the not only his problem, 
But I think the Flames' biggest problem is they just have no consistency. No. They don't have any with their scoring, with their defense, and with their goaltending. And they it's suck just, on home ice. It's, it's a disaster. So, yeah. uh, you know, if you saw his name in your fantasy draft or your FanDuel draft and the price was good or you were like, oh, this will be, you know, easy and consistent for me, no, make a change. Do it fast. Yep. Agreed. All right. Want to get into the picks? I do. How'd you do last week? So I went 2-1 and one last week. Nice little rebound from the 0-3 week before. Uh, my puck line, the Canucks over the Wild last Wednesday, that missed. The Wild fucked me and won three to nothing. Uh, the Wild are the hardest team to bet against in the NHL. So you just I feel can't like. bet against them. So yeah. you know, you never know what you're going to get. So I digress. Um, my money line, the Bruins on the road against the Flames in Calgary last Friday night hit. The Bruins pulled off the win four three. That was awesome. Uh, as I've mentioned, Calgary is horrendous on their own turf, so that is something that you should definitely keep an eye on as we get towards the end of the season. And my over-under, the under I had for the Hurricanes versus Predators last Tuesday night hit. Uh, that was set at 6, and Carolina got the 4-1 to win on the road in Nashville, who, by the way... Uh, just the biggest surprise of the year is how bad the Predators have been. Seriously. Uh, how about you? How about last week? So I went one and two last week. First uh, time you haven't gone two and one in like two months probably. I think so. Um, so I can live with it. But my puck line was the abs at the Kings on Saturday. That missed. I'm pretty sure that was a one goal game. It was a one nothing, I think. Yeah. Uh, my money line, uh, the Coyotes blew out the lightning out of nowhere. Uh, ah. It was like six to three or something like that. Yeah. Uh, so that missed. The one that hit, though, uh, was the Canes at Leafs over. Thank God for emergency goalies. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God for Zamboni driver I, goalies. I forget what I was doing. Uh, I think I was. I went over to my buddy's house, and I was in uh, the Uber on the way there or on the way back, and I look at my phone, and it said emergency goalie for Canes Leafs, and I was like, oh, sweet. Like, <laughs> I just won money. Right. That's pretty cool. Um, cool yeah. that you had money on that, too. Right. So uh, moving on to this week's picks, uh, I'll go first. My puck line for the week is going to be the lightning over the Leafs on Tuesday night in the Sunshine State. The Leafs are looking Worse and more of a train wreck than a post-breakup sophomore in high school in the Ooh. year 2020 on Instagram. Nice. Uh, the Lightning have just been red hot over the last two months. I am absolutely hammering the Lightning. Uh, I And here's why. I don't think the Lightning will be as big as favorites as they should be, mostly because Vegas just kind of sees the Leafs as this like star-studded team, and they always kind of get good odds. So if you want my honest opinion, I think you'll get the Lightning puck line at like plus 120. Okay. If you get it, if it's anything worse than that, maybe stay shy. But if you get it at plus 120 or better, I would definitely take it. Okay. Uh, my puck line is going to be the Bruins at the Islanders on Saturday. Ooh, a road puck line. And yeah, and I think this one, you'll based, get a, yeah. based on recent events, is going to be fat. I think you'll get a plus 160 or 160, 170. That's what yeah. my guess will be. Um, but yeah, I. The Bruins have been They're red hot lately. They're the first team in the NHL to 90 points, and they don't relinquish leads, yeah, which is a, great if you're betting a puck line. They're a wagon. Yeah. Uh, my money line, I'm going to take the Vegas Golden Knights over the Edmonton Oilers on Wednesday in Vegas. Uh, Vegas was on our who's hot list. 
I would imagine that maybe Laner gets his first career start in Vegas. Not totally sure. If it's if it's Laner in net, I'm a thousand percent in on this. If it's Flurry in net, I am seventy five percent confident. Okay. So take that with a grain of salt. But if Laner is in, I'm a hundred percent going in on it. My money line is going to be the New York Rangers at the Montreal Canadiens on Wednesday. That. I was thinking about yeah. that one. Love money line on the road. It's been good for me lately. Uh, and the Rangers have been hot. Yep. No, I completely agree. Uh, my over-under. Oh, by the way, if Vegas is like super heavy favorites, don't take that. I would say minus 150 at max. Uh, my over-under for the week. This is the lock of the season. Yeah. It's not the Islanders when Tavares came back to town, Damn. even though he said it was, that and it, was. And it hit. That was. <laughs> the lock of the season, the Leafs versus the Panthers on Thursday in Florida, it's, a, it's, a, it's game over. That's going to be money. set at like eight. <laughs> it's going to – I mean, realistically, I mean, it's six and a half, right? I would imagine that's what it'll be. You are in – the stock market tank today, well, this is going up on Thursday. I promise you. Like, coronavirus might scare investors, but it ain't scaring me from betting the Panthers over. Thursday, Leafs versus Panthers, six and a half over Thursday. Book it. Nice. Uh, I'm also going to do an over involving the Leafs. It's going to be the Canucks at the Leafs on Saturday. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, I could totally buy that. Uh, so that will wrap up our picks for this week. And now the part that you have all been waiting for, we are going to dive into all of the trades that occurred over the past week for the trade deadline right now. So I am going to let the best insider on Instagram actually kick (laughs) off this segment. Uh, If you haven't been following us, shout out to Nick. Uh, Every single one of those story posts was Nick. He is officially the best insider in the game. I appreciate your efforts. Thanks, I appreciate man. you. Of course. I hate does, your team. Does that mean we get like press credentials now? Uh, God willing. Right. Yeah. So that way we could actually afford to get tickets to games. That'd right. be nice. Uh, so I'm going to let you kind of drive the bus on this because, you know, you basically drove the bus all day today on it. All righty. Well, sit down, get comfy, grab a beer. If you're in the car, please don't do that. Um, but here we go. So we're going to start with the ones that occurred during the week, building up to the trade deadline, uh, just so everything is nice and fresh in everyone's mind. So earlier this week, the Vancouver Canucks acquired forward Tyler Toffoli from the Los Angeles Kings in exchange for forward Tim Schaller, the rights to forward Tyler Madden, and a 2020 second round draft pick and a 2022 conditional pick. Yeah, so this actually broke right after we recorded last week. Probably be- like an hour afterwards. And I believe I said Toffoli would be moved by the next episode, so I was right. Yep. However, I guess that he would be up in Massachusetts with the Bruins, yes. and I was wrong on that. Uh, I love this trade for the Canucks, especially with Brock Besser and the injury that he sustained. That could potent- I can't remember if it is season-ending or is potentially season-ending. Uh, me neither, but is I digress. Toffoli had two in his first game as a Canuck, right? I think he did, yeah. yeah. They lost that game, but he still had two tucks, and he looks really good in the blue and green. Uh, you know, I think this is exactly what the Vancouver Canucks needed. So Tanner Pearson's there, too. Fits in with an old teammate, which is nice. Yeah, exactly. Um, moving on from that, the New York Rangers acquired forward Julian Gauthier from the Carolina Hurricanes in exchange for defenseman Joey Keane. Uh, minor, you know. Don't really have much on Yeah, one-for-one one deal. The Winnipeg Jets acquired defenseman Dylan DeMello from the Ottawa Senators for a 2020 third-round draft pick, 
Ottawa is now loaded in this upcoming draft with two picks in the first round and three in the second. Yeah, they're heading in the right direction. I mean, they, you know, they're young. They know what they want. Uh, Duclair, Kachuk kind of leading the way. And um, don't forget Brandstrom and yes. Shabbat. I mean, yes. so they definitely have the pieces in place to kind of make some noise in the next four or five years, I would say. Absolutely. Uh, the Washington Capitals acquired defenseman Brendan Dillon from the San Jose Sharks for a 2020 second round pick and a 2021 conditional third. Was that condition that if he punches Malkin in the face, then they get the pick? I forget what the condition is. It's something ridiculously asinine. Oh, I was just being sarcastic because I already <laughs> fucking hate this guy. So moving on. I know uh, the, uh, <laughs> the 2020 second rounder was the one they got in the trade uh, for Burakovsky to Colorado. So they really only gave up the conditional pick, which is nice. I think this is a great get for the Caps. Uh, yeah, which means it's a horrible get for my fucking emotions. Right. So this so, is uh, – I already hate this guy. Right. So you guys already win. So and good job. Caps fans already love this guy. He's been playing on the top pair with John Carlson, 6'4", 220-plus, big guy. My dad made an incredible comparison. He said that this guy reminds him a lot of Brendan Witt from back in the day. Ooh. Right? Sick lettuce. Oh, man. Unreal lettuce. Great lettuce. Yeah, hard-nosed defenseman. Uh, likes Can to move punch, the puck if he needs to. Likes to yeah. punch my team in the face. So, exactly. yeah, whatever. Keep moving. Uh, the St. Louis Blues acquired defenseman Marco Scandella from the Montreal Canadiens for a 2020 second rounder and a 2021 fourth rounder. Jay Bilmeister replacement. That's the way I look at this. Depth defenseman, decent skater, not a huge risk. No. Sounds about right. Props. I, think. I mean, props to Montreal. They flipped Scandella for a profit. Uh, yeah, they did, which is, you know, credit to Bergevin. He gets absolutely roasted on TSN every single week, it seems like. some You know, some of the moves I can agree with, but some I don't really care. You know, I think he does okay. No, I think I, I think this is kind of a win for the Blues. I mean, it's a fourth-round pick. You're getting – you're trying to make another run, so it makes sense to me. Yeah. Uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs acquired forward Dennis Mulgan from the Florida Panthers for forward Mason Marchment. Don't really care. That's an all-time name. Yeah. <laughs> Mason Marchment. Um, Vegas Golden Knights acquired defenseman Alec Martinez from the Los Angeles Kings for a 2020 second rounder and a 2021 second rounder as well. In the next two NHL drafts combined, the LA Kings have 10 picks in the first three rounds. Uh, that's pretty cool for the Kings. Yeah. Uh, good to see that they're going to have the youth movement coming through. What I will say is I think people are saying this is a much bigger home run than it really is for the Knights. Uh, Martinez is a solid defenseman, but he is not a game-changing defenseman. He did score a Stanley Cup winning OT goal. I think that's why people kind of have a little too much glorification around his name. I completely agree. So he's like a fourth. He's going to be your fourth best defenseman, maybe fifth, depending who your team is. I'd say on Vegas. Is it consistency and stability for them? Sure. Yeah. I mean, look, it's it's not a one or two. It's not going to be quarterback in the power play. No, exactly. Like especially on Vegas, I think you have Schmidt, you have Theodore. uh, blah, 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 blah. I'm losing it, but he's the fourth. I would say he's like the fourth or fifth best guy on the I team. I agree. So, yeah, it, not as big of a deal as people make it out to be. As you touched on earlier, the Boston Bruins acquired Andre Kasha from the Anaheim Ducks in exchange for David Backus, Axel Anderson, and twenty and a 2020 first rounder. Uh, that's you know the the first rounder is really the bulk of that deal. I don't know if that's a 
pick that came from a prior trade or whatever, but if that is indeed Boston's first round pick, then I don't necessarily hate it. No, it's because gonna it's be going to be a low pick anyway. It, it'll probably be. I think they completely fleeced Anaheim here. I mean, they gave David Backus, so you got that off your books. Yeah, and see, that's the big thing. Kasha, like you said, could I mean he could put up twenty five. You know, yeah, so I, I, I would say twenty is probably yeah. more realistic. I see him as a twenty-one goal guy, as a second yeah. second power play unit, and then second line, third line, depending where he gets slid yes. up and down. So it'll be interesting to see where they put him in that lineup. And as always, uh, you know, I think he's a Swede. I could be yes. wrong. I think uh, you're right. They're always smart defensively, so yes. that definitely fits into the Bruins system. The Winnipeg Jets have acquired forward Cody Eakin from the Vegas Golden Knights in exchange for a conditional fourth-round pick in 2021. So obviously, as Nick stated on our story, Vegas cleared the cap room. I believe this was a move so they could actually get Laner. Yes. Um, yeah, I love this for Winnipeg. I think Cody Eakin is an essential type of player that you need on a Stanley Cup contender. Gritty, hard-nosed two-way forward on the third line. It's been a recipe for success over the last 20 years of hockey. He's like a Brooks-like. Yeah, he's yeah. he's just the perfect two-way guy. He'll kill penalties. He'll pay, play power play. He can play any position you put him in. So, And I'm pretty sure he's from Winnipeg. He is a na- yeah. Winnipeg native, yeah. Um, so that's pretty cool. The Nashville Predators acquired defenseman Ben Harper from the Toronto Maple Leafs in exchange for forward Mika Salamaki. Don't really care. Nope. On to the next one. The Washington Capitals acquired forward Ilya Kovalchuk from the Montreal Canadiens in exchange for a 2020 third-round draft pick. For our loyal listeners who have heard Nick's opinions on Ilya Kovalchuk as the season has progressed, uh, I would strongly recommend you listen to his words that he is about to drop on you. So this is actually kind of a funny story. So I was this broke uh, the other night at like... It was Saturday night, I think. It broke at like 9 p.m. So I Sunday. was. Um, it was sun- after. It was after the Caps Pens. Yes, Sunday. So I was actually in the shower when this happened, and I get out of the shower. Uh, you know, st- I know you're picturing it, but you know, stop. <laughs> um, and I like, you know, I go over to my phone and I pick up my phone, and it's got like 30 or some text messages on it. Uh, and I was like, oh god, what happened? <laughs> And after I like scroll down like on my uh, home screen through all the text messages, I see like Bleacher Report, NHL.com, and then like two other pages I follow. And I was like, oh, you got to be kidding me. It's like the Washington Capitals trade for Ilya Kovalchuk. I was like, am I getting punked? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I've hated this guy for so long. You ripped him this season. Well, like this goes back to not only him playing in Russia when we woke up to go watch that game and he fucking ruined our day. Yeah. This goes back to, you know, he was on the Thrashers, those Southeast, Southeast Southeast Division, man. I mean, I do not like this guy one bit. Uh, and you whole, were really hard on him when I he was, was in L.A. this year. Yeah, the whole defecting and going back and coming back. You called him a cancer, I think. Yeah. <laughs> Yikes. Um, uh. So I have some thoughts on this. One, this is going to be great for the Caps' second power play unit. Yep, I couldn't agree more. Two, this is a really cheap get because he was on the league minimum for a veteran, which is 700000 a mm-hmm. year, and Montreal's taking half of it. Yeah. Uh, I think that speaks to how close you guys are up to the cap, too. I think yes. that was kind of part of the condition. It was. Because they, I mean, they were, at one point, they were over the cap. So. All right. So here's my question Do you think that Ilya Kovalchuk is a piece to the puzzle that can help the Caps make a serious run? I think if he can help them right the sinking ship that is their power play, 
I feel like that's where he's going to make the most impact. He's not going to get first unit time. There's no, no way. No, you don't mess with that first unit. No, you yeah. can't. Well, is Oshie on the first unit? Yeah. Uh, uh, dude, I know. Option A is Ovi. Option B is Carlson. Option C is Oshie. And they're three great looks. Yeah. For whatever reason, it just hasn't been working. But you can't look at me I think with a serious face. I think when you factor in um, – handedness of stick and like where they play on the ice too i think you still put kovalchuk on the second one because if you think yeah. about it their second power play unit would be kovalchuk kuznetsov eller orlov oh it's nasty yeah. i'm not disputing that i just think from a pure goal scoring perspective you can't tell me that tj Oshie is a better goal scorer than Ilya kovalchuk he's just he's just not even now with kovalchuk is 35 36 i still think when do we just say, like, go with five forwards on the power play? <laughs> I mean, it, it, I actually I'm pretty sure Russia did that. Yeah, in like, I actually don't want that because their power play has given up, like, so many shorthanded goals this year. But Kovey's just got a fucking bomb. Yeah. I, it, I feel like it would almost be a waste for him to not be on a first power play unit. But that being said, Oshie's not playing on one of the on, – on, I'm pretty sure the Caps are running the umbrella where yes. they got – but Ovi's on that one half wall – and Backstrom's on the other, and Carlson's at the point, right? Am yeah, I wrong? Oh, she's smack in the middle. Yeah, so I don't know, man. Yeah. I would think about it, I, yeah. especially if it's struggling. It wouldn't surprise me to see him yeah. get bumped up. True. I uh, I saw a funny tweet the other day. It said Washington now leads the league in toe curve with Ovi and Kovi. Oh my god! It's like <laughs> it's like 2007 peewees where right. everybody's just got a fucking fish hook on yeah. their stick. Oh, it's ridiculous. Uh, so yeah, I mean, good for you guys. That's a big get. It's in, it, This is going to be, of course, we say this every freaking episode. It's just going to be interesting to see what happens. Uh, yeah. And I just find it hilarious that you were absolutely crucifying this guy at the yeah. start of the year, and now he's on your team. Uh, the Edmonton Oilers have acquired defenseman Mike Green from the Detroit Red Wings in exchange for forward Kyle Brodziak and a conditional fourth-round pick. I get why Edmonton did this. I think, I mean, Brodziak... He's not a big piece of the puzzle, but no. I still think he's a good depth player that Edmonton could probably use, but he is way easier to replace than a puck-moving defenseman. I think this is a great deal for the Edmonton Oilers. Uh, they get they, This deadline, they got faster, and they got faster at moving the puck, yeah. and those are two th- ways that they really want to play. So I like this for Edmonton. Uh, Ken Holland, now GM in Edmonton, was GM in Detroit yeah. for 20 years. Yeah. Uh, you know, obviously knows this player pretty well. So yeah, uh, and I mean their first sense. their first power play. I'm pretty sure Clefbaum is quarterback. Yes, I would put Mike Green up there in 100%, a heartbeat. Yeah. So there you go. Um, the Colorado Avalanche have acquired forward Vladislav Nemesnikov from the Ottawa Senators in exchange for a 2021 fourth round pick. Uh, don't have too much on this. He depth. has the it pot- gives them depth. He, he depth. can score. Uh, he's he's not exactly a checking winger. No, but, but he's good defensively. I think yeah. that's the that's the main reason that they brought him in. Yep. Uh, this is a big one. The New York Islanders acquire forward John Gabriel Pajot from the Ottawa Senators in exchange for a 2020 first rounder, a 2021 second rounder, and a 2022 third rounder. And I wish I had this in front of me, but my phone is about to die. I'm pretty sure they just inked him up to a brand new deal. Five years. Yep, yeah. five years at like, what, six and a half or something, something like, like that? that yeah. So they get him on term. Uh, sheesh. <laughs> that's a lot. Uh a first that's, my, round pick. that's my thing. Did they overpay? I think I would have 
100% said this if they had to bridge deal Pajot or they didn't even get him to sign anything. But mm-hmm. the fact that they got some term out of this, I you think it's worth it. I think it's worth it just because you know you've got this window where Barzell is still relatively cheap right now. Yes. So you had to go all in for him. And now that you have him, right, he's not just a rental. This is a piece of the puzzle that you can look at Barzell in the offseason and say, hey, we're trying to build something here. I agree. And I also think this guy's going to do great in the trot system. Yes, probably. I mean, that, he seems like he'd be kind of fitting there. So is it an overpayment? I would say not as of right now. I think, like, I agree. Like, when I saw that they gave up a first, a second, and a third, I was like, whoa. Yeah. But then once the re-signing When they inked out, him, yeah, it's like, okay, yeah. so you got a bona fide second or first liner for a first, a second, and a third. I think a lot of teams exactly. would probably take that. The Carolina Hurricanes have acquired forward Vincent Trocek from the Florida Panthers in exchange for Eric Halla, Lucas Walmark, and A2 Losterinen, <laughs> and Chase Prisky. The last two being prospects. Walmark and Halla are obviously the big returns here for Florida. I don't understand... I don't what understand Florida's. why they want four players. Well, I don't understand why they want to get rid of Trocek either. I'm, granted, I'm not looking at his term or his cap right now, but from a strict you know, on-ice perspective, he's a really good player, and he's a four to thir- former 30-goal scorer, I believe. Yeah. So the, you know, I don't really understand. No, this I from, think this is a home run for Carolina, who only yeah. gets more potent offensively. So exactly. look out. Uh, the Philadelphia Flyers have acquired forward Nate Thompson from the Montreal Canadiens in exchange for a fifth-round pick. So like you touched on before the episode when we were just, you know, chit-chatting about all the trades, this is a great face-off guy, a great penalty kill guy, yes. big body. Uh, this is exactly what the Flyers want. This is exactly what their identity has been Playoff for push. years and years. So I completely understand where they're coming from with this. And for a fifth rounder, I think it's a great great pickup. Absolutely. Uh, the Pittsburgh Penguins acquire veteran forward Patrick Marlowe from the San Jose Sharks in exchange for a third round pick. So my initial thought was this is awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is the formula that the Penguins have always had when they go on cup runs. Bill Guerin in 2009, Matt Cullen in 2016-17. We kind of always have the grandpa on the team. And I kind of like when there's a veteran guy that comes in and it kind of pushes Crosby and Malkin to be better so they're not like just big dick swinging in the room all the time, (laughs) for lack of a better term. What I don't like about this is I just got an update on my phone that Sam Lafferty has been sent down to Wilkes-Barre. He's mm. been really good for us all year long. I love him. I love the way he plays. He's physical. He's big. He's decently fast. I don't love this deal if this is going to keep Lafferty out permanently. Uh, you know, interesting to see where they slot Marlowe. I don't know how this is going to work, to be quite honest. I don't know if he – he could play with Sid, right, realistically. Like, yeah. Dominic Simone is not yeah. – if you looked at me and said, ah – Patrick Marlowe is going to play with Sid instead of Simone. I wouldn't call you crazy. But he could also be a fourth liner. And I'm not really sure which role he fits better yeah. in. He's obviously not as good as he used to be, but he's still a good skater. I don't hate the trade. For a third rounder, I'm okay with it. Yeah, and I mean, obviously, I don't think you can describe the presence that, that exactly. you know, yeah, he hasn't won a cup, but still, yeah. you know, what he brings to that locker room. Exactly. Uh, the Philadelphia Flyers acquired forward Derek Grant from the Anaheim Ducks in exchange for forward Kyle, can't pronounce that last name, and a 2024th round pick. Chris Kulo. Yeah. Nice. Who cares? Um, the Colorado Avalanche acquired goaltender Michael Hutchinson from the Toronto Maple Leafs in exchange for defenseman Callie Rosen. The Leafs are bleeding defensively 
Rosen was with the Leafs previously, I think. Your guess is better than um, mine. So I think, he, you know, that makes a ton of sense for them. Uh, the Buffalo Sabres acquired forward Wayne Simmons from the New Jersey Devils in exchange for a conditional 2021 fifth-round pick. I love this for Buffalo. This for is f- big for Buffalo. For a fifth-rounder, I don't hate that. And I think New Jersey is keeping half of uh, Simmons' salary. So They are. Interesting to see. Also, before we move on from the avalanche with the Hutchinson thing, I'm pretty sure this would be a insurance, a double insurance policy uh, in case Gruby gets hurt again yes. because that's kind of been a trend lately. Yeah. So I don't hate that for the Avalanche. No, I either. think that's a smart thing to do. Like Hutchinson can come in in the regular season if you desperately, desperately need him to. Yeah. Um, the Edmonton Oilers have acquired forwards Andreas Asanasiu and Ryan Kuffner from the Detroit Red Wings in exchange for two second-round picks and forward Sam Gagne. Uh, little... S- Deep for the Oilers, but I don't hate it. Athanasiu has the potential to be an electrifying player. Yeah. He's I would he's easily a top ten skater in the league. I mean he is I would say top five. Yeah, he's a lightning fast, super yeah. agile skater. Good shot. Will work great on the top six. I could see him probably playing on the second line with Nuge. Or to be quite honest, he's probably the only guy on the team who could keep up with McDavid at this point. Well, like again, just going back to the whole Ken Holland thing. And I mean yeah, I knows. watched an interview with him like two hours ago and he said, I, I know this guy. Like I've watched this guy. He's know. got both the Red Wing guys. Right. So, so they like I said, they got faster and they can move the puck better. Right. Uh for two second rounders and Sam Gagne, I don't really care about Sam Gagne to be honest. I think he's pretty much done. Yeah. Uh the two second rounders for Athens to see you. Maybe a little bit of an overpayment if you if you really think about it, just from a non-situational perspective. But with the Oilers kind of being in that playoff hunt and finally having a chance to get back there and give their fans something to be excited about, I don't hate this for the Oilers at all. No, I don't either. Uh, they weren't done there. The Oilers also acquired forward Tyler Ennis from the Ottawa Senators in exchange for a 2021 fifth-round pick. Good depth skill guy, third line, Leadership. maybe second power play. There Been you around go. a long time, so yep. uh, definitely. I mean, you nailed it. Good depth guy. The Calgary Flames have acquired forward Derek Forbort uh, for the, from the Los Angeles Kings in exchange for a fourth-round pick. Cool. Tough guy. Yeah. Um, Anaheim Ducks have acquired forward Danton Heinen from the Boston Bruins in exchange for Nick Ritchie. A little bit bigger than you would think. I mean, people, anytime the Bruins are involved, they're going to blow this up. I, I like, like Ritchie's game. Yeah, I feel like we don't have these one-for-one swaps as often as we used to. No, we don't. I don't know. What do you think? I don't mind Ritchie's game in the Bruins system. No, I think it's perfect for the Bruins system. Yeah. Um, Heinen's a good player. I think he'll... I don't know much about him, to be honest. I mean, young, skilled, but, you know, because he played on the Bruins, he was primarily, you know, bottom six. Right. Um, We'll see where he fits in with Anaheim. I mean, they've got a really young group that's coming up anyway, so uh, I could imagine that he would mesh well with them. Mm -hmm. The Pittsburgh Penguins have acquired forwards Evan Rodriguez and Connor Sheary from the Buffalo Sabres in exchange for Dominic Cahoon. So I'm, I'm really interested to hear what you have to say about this one. So Connor Sheary and Dominic Cahoon are essentially the same player. Okay. Uh, small, fast, quick, grinder type guys. Sure. Uh, so reason being, I kind of like this. Evan Rodriguez, twenty eight points this year on the on the season. Mm-hmm. Skilled winger has a little bit of potential. We just got two depth guys for one depth guy, and I don't necessarily think one is that much better than the other. A lot of people online saying the Penguins lost this trade because Cahoon actually was playing really well in December when he was still healthy, but he's had some injury problems since. Uh, but that being said, Connor Sheary is a known commodity in the team. 
He has the Stanley Cup winning experience. He knows what it takes. He's pretty much the same player as Cahoon, and then we add Rodriguez on top of that. So I like the trade. I mean, I don't really – Cahoon's the one you got in the Mata trade, So right? we just got Mata for getting Cherry back and Evan Rodriguez. Yeah, so. that's a good way and to look at it. I would honestly trade my right <laughs> my right fingernail shavings for Ole Mata. They so. probably play defense at the same level anyways. Uh, yeah, at least this one can actually like hurt someone. <laughs> right. So who knows? <laughs> Uh, the Carolina Hurricanes have acquired defenseman Brady Shea from the New York Rangers in exchange for a 2020 first-round pick. That's not me whistling because he's a damn good-looking guy. Yeah. Uh, wow, Carolina went all in. So this, to me, is the Dougie Hamilton wannabe replacement. Yes. Uh, Carolina knows you know, they're right there. It's a tough wild-card position right now. I'm actually extremely shocked that with how close the Rangers are to them in the standings that they would actually give them a piece like this. I know. Uh, doesn't really make a whole lot of sense to me. But for a first-rounder, they must think that they're getting something out of that, and who knows, maybe they're betting on themselves and they think they can knock Carolina out, and that first-rounder could turn into something pretty good. Yeah, seriously. So who knows? Uh, they weren't done there. Uh, they went on to acquire defenseman Sammy Votnin from the New Jersey Devils in exchange for forward Yane Kuokinen and a second-round pick. I really like that. So all yeah. of a sudden, Carolina's defensive core just – They like, just added – Two top four guys. Like two of the biggest – defenseman names that were up on that trade bait list yeah i mean they literally just added a defensive pairing to yeah. their roster so good for them i mean they're going all in brindamore's got what he needs uh they are one of those teams where when they start playing good i hate them so much you know this yeah. from last year i mean i don't really see it as much but they're a good team yeah they're a really and they're well coached and yeah. that's the scary part is they play that system they have a voice in the room where you know they're just gonna work their balls off so yeah. I don't know. We'll see. That is one team I definitely don't want to play in the playoffs. No, me neither. Uh, the Columbus Blue Jackets have acquired forward Devin Shore from the Anaheim Ducks in exchange for Sonny Milano. Don't um, care too much. Yeah, sort of. You know, Milano was always like in and out of the lineup. As people got hurt, he would be in more. Played a little bit more this year. But... Sick between the legs goal earlier oh, this yeah, year. Oh, yeah, was sick. Uh, going back to Carolina real quick, they do have both. They didn't fill in the backup goalie situation. I mean, no. Mrazek and Reimer are both out. So yeah. I don't really know who's up next on that list. But, right. uh, you know, me saying that they're going to be a good team and blah, blah, blah. I just thought of that. That isn't good. Yeah. Uh, so obviously they're gonna have to bolster the defense. The asking price for a goaltender, I it's just it's tough. They're gonna have to pull from the A now. So I'm surprised they didn't get Laner. I yeah. was really shocked that Vegas got him. Uh, moving on to a goalie, Vancouver Canucks have acquired goaltender Louis Deming from the New Jersey Devils in exchange for Zane McIntyre. Pretty much what we said earlier. Goalie uh, for goalie swap. Markstrom goes down, so yeah. they kind of bump it up a little bit. Exactly. Uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning have acquired forward Barclay Goodrow from the San Jose Sharks in exchange for a first-round pick. So I don't know anything about this guy. Can you? Do you know anything? So he scored the game winner in Game Seven against the Knights when the Sharks scored like four power play goals on that okay. egregious call. Yeah. Um, I think a first rounder is an overpayment, but it's a first rounder from Tampa, so. It's not a great – it's going to be like the 30th pick or something. Or the 31st pick. Yeah. Um, depending on, you know, what Tampa does. But nah, fuck them. I know a lot of people were saying that this was an overpayment. Uh, I mean, considering I had to ask you, you know, what's this guy's story, I would probably agree with you. I mean, I like to think that I'm pretty on top of it. Uh, for those of you who think our podcast sucks out there, then sorry to disappoint, but I do think I know <laughs> a little bit about this. Um, so 
Tampa yeah. got Blake Coleman last week, right? Yes. And now they've got Barclay Goodrow. They're just yes. adding depth. depth. Yeah. Because you know injuries are going to happen. Exactly. So uh, definitely a guy that could help them in the playoffs. I mean, you know, clutch playoff performer. We saw so. it last year. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the Calgary Flames have acquired defenseman Eric Gustafson from the Chicago Blackhawks. They for did? A, yeah, for a third-round pick. When did this break? Like two hours ago. Damn. Yeah. Shit. That's for a what? For a third rounder. I think that's a great win for that's Calgary. That's a steal. Yeah. Oh, my God. Chicago, you could have gotten more for that. Right. No, he's a he's a stud. He's a yeah. really good puck-moving defenseman. I think that's exactly Sick what Calgary shot, needs. shot, too. Yeah. yeah. He could quarterback a power play. Absolutely. Damn. I didn't know that happened. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. with Giordano hurt. Exactly. Yeah. I love that for Calgary, and they are way too good of a team to not make the playoffs. I know. However, I did call this. I said at the start of the year they were a wild-card team. I thought last year was a little bit too good for them. Yeah. So. We'll see how it plays out. Uh, the Washington Capitals have acquired forward Daniel Sprong from the Anaheim Ducks in exchange for defenseman Christian Juice. Hmm. So an ex Penguin, right? Sprong. An ex first rounder for yep. the Penguins. Yeah. We don't get many of those. Yeah. Uh, I have a very horrible feeling that I am going to really regret giving up Daniel Sprong, and I have a really bad feeling that this is going to come back to bite us in the ass. For some reason, your team loves picking up Penguins players, and as we've said, it used to be the other way around. Yes. But as of late, Orpik, Niskanen, Haglin, Sprong. I mean, am I yeah. missing anybody? I mean, it, it just feels like all these guys are going to the Caps. Here's what I'll say, Caps fans. Sprong is an incredibly talented offensive threat. I can't remember which guest we had on, but someone actually played against him. I can't remember if yeah. it was Curtin or Costa or yeah. Dieter. It was one of those guys. Um, sick shot, great hands, good speed, but an absolute liability in his own end. So this is going to be interesting. You know, I, I was texting with um, some of my friends who are Caps fans today about it. and oh, I'm sorry to hear that. <laughs> um, you need better friends. Some, I, I really do. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know they uh, they were saying why did you know the Caps make this deal? Because I mean Christian Juice is the upside with Sprong is there. Yeah, he's been in Hershey, but like he was on the Cup winning team. You know, people in DC love him. Uh, the thing that I said, I was like, look, they just brought in Brendan Dillon, which puts them at seventy at the NHL level now. Juice is still in Hershey. Mm-hmm. They had a chance, as you mentioned, to get a first rounder for you know one of their better defensemen in the AHL, but they're not giving up anything at the NHL level. Mm-hmm. I, I like this move. I mean, I'm going to have to see more out of Sprong, but I mean, he's put up great numbers this year. So He has the potential to be a 30-goal scorer in the NHL. The problem is, is his game hasn't matured defensively. Right Now, if you put – I mean, look, he played with Sidney Crosby for like two months last season, So, and he only, and he looked good at times, but he did not put up the numbers that you would think that he should be putting up playing right. with someone of Sid's caliber. So w- I, think I don't know. The bigger question that I know certainly I have and Caps, fan ha- like Caps fans have is where is this guy going to fit in? Is he going to Hershey to work on his defensive game? Probably. Is he going to be a healthy scratch? I think with their lineup being so full now, he's going down. Well, he's going down, and you don't want him playing a fourth line role because he is not—he is not a checking forward. This is the kind of guy who needs those touches, needs that time, needs the shots. He—he—he he, he is an all. You get him to play offense. Yes. You don't get him to be a surefire back checker and a penalty killer. That's okay. just not who he is. Uh, and the last trade that actually just got wrapped up, probably an hour and a half ago, 
the Vegas Golden Knights have acquired goaltender Robin Lehner from the Chicago Blackhawks for a second-round pick, goaltender Malcolm Subban, and Slava Demin. Watch out. Yeah. Uh, Fleur, you know, Subban wasn't really carrying the cake when Flurry was, you know, kind of slacking. Flurry's looked off this year. I've said that already, you know, uh, with the passing of his dad. I really think that has kind of played a mental role for him so far this year. And honestly, who could blame him? I mean, that's always a, a hard situation. Definitely. Uh, I think Laner's great in... He's got something to prove. He's, I, But I think he's great in a 50-50 split, like a two-goalie system. Yeah. Like, if he was in Arizona... I think he would be doing fine. If he was in Calgary, I think he would do, be doing fine. And I think now that Flurry, as you mentioned, has, you know, he's a little bit shaky right now, that you bring in Laner, take some of the pressure off of Flurry. Hopefully that can, you know, regain his focus before. I the love playoffs. this for Vegas. Yeah. I really do. This is smart. Uh, it's really, is that it? That's it. Um, I had some questions at the end. Uh, just, you know, who did you think uh, should have done more in this trade deadline? Uh, well, the big one that didn't get broken, the Islanders were super close to getting Zach Parise. Yeah. Uh, granted, his contract isn't exactly the greatest, but Lou Lamarillo and him go way back. Yes. So obviously well, he knows Zach well. Parise's dad played on Long Island for like five years. Exactly. Uh, I think Parise would have been a really good fit in Trotz's system just because of his speed yes. and his defensive awareness. It's it, you know, that Jersey team that went to that 2012 final, they weren't exactly starstruck on, no. on offense. So no. I like I would have liked him in Long Island for that. Um, I think the Islanders, they did what they had to do, but I wish they would have done more. Well, actually, I don't wish they would have done more, but I think yeah, they should have done more. Okay. Um, they're probably my team because I think the Rangers don't have nearly the roster on paper that they do, and they are quickly gaining on them. Yeah, I'm wondering if Colorado should have done more. Yes, they brought in Nemesnikov for depth, and they brought in Hutchinson. Yeah. But I'm st- I still have questions about their bottom six. There was a there were two rumors that were going around. One, that Drew Ann was going to come back. Yes. And the second was that they were actually just going to take the run at Tyson Berry, bring him back, and yeah. then see what happens. McKinnon and Drew Ann together, again, would be – you would Absurd. have the biggest direction the world's ever seen. I mean, I remember watching them, and it yeah. was – I mean, could you imagine, like, your team in junior? It's like, oh, here's this guy. He was the first overall pick. Oh, and there's his best friend who was the third overall pick. It would have been cool. In the same draft. I'd be lying if I wasn't rooting for that. Yeah. I do kind of think they maybe could have done more. Um, I wouldn't have mind seeing them going for Shea, Brady Shea. Yeah. But, you know, I don't know. True. Uh, and the Flyers, too. I'm surprised they didn't do more. Yeah, I agree. Uh, who benefited the most from the moves they made at the deadline? Hmm. I would have to say Carolina. That's. I was going to say it's Carolina or Edmonton, and I'd have to say Carolina because I think the three players they got are significantly Bonafide. better than what yeah. Edmonton got. Yep. This reminds me a lot of when the Islanders got Boychuk and Letty, and everyone was yes. like, oh, shit. Yeah. Right? It's those higher caliber players that aren't a, you know, tier one players. Right. But they're that tier, they're the middle pack tier two guys that you absolutely need to make a couple. It was run. like when uh, the Caps got Niskanen and Orpik. Yeah. Yeah. Those, that same caliber. Yeah. I'd, I'd put that there. Uh, what was like, in if you had to pick one, what was the best deal and why? Like if someone completely, you know, robbed someone or you think a deal was good for both sides. going to pain me to say this. Yeah. I think Kovalchuk was a pretty good win. Yeah. That's a good buy. But if I'm not saying him, I will say 
I guess I would say probably probably the Oilers with Mike Green. That's a good one. I think he, that's a really solid pick I think for people them. are sort of – I mean, I have my own love-hate relationship with Mike Green yeah. because of – Obviously. You know, before John Carlson was setting up Ovi for one tease on the power play, it was Mike Green. Yeah. Uh, but then again, Mike Green would also set up any opponent going the other way full speed because he would turn the puck over all the fucking time. I know a guy named that who uh, – Rhymes with Chris, or, yeah, no, yeah. it's Crystal Tank. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was same thing. Say, yeah, I remember like when they were both young, they used to get compared to each other all the time. Yeah, good, good point. Yeah, I know people said that Green could and should have won the Norris in '09. Uh yeah, but who, do you know who won it over him? I feel like Dowdy. Could be wrong. Oh well, I don't care. Um, that's a good one. I think the one I have to go with is the Trocheck trade. Yeah. Yeah, Carolina really got. Yeah, they they, they definitely won the. Deadline. I just think that's going to be like one where Florida is going to be like, "What were we thinking?" Uh, probably. Yeah, I think we both agree on that. But that's all I have. That pretty much wraps up what was a pretty damn eventful trade deadline. I feel like you know, if you're watching Trade Center, like I was, sometimes you have to wait until like two, and then they all come flooding in at once. But there was a pretty steady stream over the course of today. And, uh, you know, it's always exciting to see some big moves being made. And I think we did. Yep. Uh, you know, after the trade deadline kind of wraps up, it really starts to feel like spring is upon us. The playoffs are here. You know, we were recording this on February 24th. So next time we're recording, it's March. And, I mean, it's crazy how fast the season has gone. Uh, playoffs are literally right around the corner. Yeah. Every- we have one full month left. Yep, and, and two I weeks and cannot yeah. wait. I cannot wait. That Same. is going to be such a fun ride. So, Absolutely. Uh, thank you, everybody, for listening. Uh, we appreciate the support as always. Uh, as we mentioned earlier in the episode, go check out our merch uh, on our shop at teespring.com in the Instagram bio. You click the link in there, and it'll take you right to the store. Uh, you got anything else to add? I just want to say a shout out to at NHL.discussion on Instagram. Uh, Big time. They uh, absolutely killed it today. <laughs> uh, basically, any information we were releasing came directly from them. They were releasing trades before the guys on TSN were announcing them. Yeah. And I think one was wrong. Yeah. Yeah, I can't remember. I know which one it was, but I can't it, remember. It was Athanasio to Columbus. Yes, that is um, exactly what it was. And then the hockey guy on YouTube. Uh, those were two huge helps for us this past trade deadline and great sources of hockey news if you guys want to check them out. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so, you know, thank you guys. We will see you next week. And we are getting really close uh, down to the home stretch. So, you know, look out for us kind of bringing something new to the episodes. Absolutely. Uh, we're trying to think of some new segments that we can introduce as we get closer to crunch time. Uh, But other than that, without further ado, class dismissed.